Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot inbound and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, go. We're back with another episode. Yep, that's me opening up a beverage because it's going to be one of those kind of days. Oh my God. So we've got, we've got Julie. George, oh I'm not my sure God, you need that's one. cold. What? He's already what? hyped up and he's, oh, oh my oh. God. Trust me, trust me, trust Freezing. me. Dang. So Doug, Doug, Doug told me, Doug told me no trick questions, no trick questions, which is funny because there's a question in the show notes, but I actually did come to this episode with a trick question or a question that nobody knew that I was going to ask because I'm super curious and I want to get your guys' vibe on something that's happening on the interwebs that I am struggling with because I don't need another social platform. I don't need something else that sucks my time and... I don't really want to have fear of missing out, but dang gone it. So I'm just going to say a word and then you guys tell me it's kind of a, I'll say the word in a question ish way. Right. And then I want you guys to tell me what you know about it. If you're digging it, uh, what your thoughts are on it. And then we'll dive into the actual piece of the show. But here's my question. One word question. Clubhouse. Anybody? Anybody. Well said. Does anybody know what Clubhouse is? I'm in the dark. So Clubhouse is this new audio only. um, You sign it. So I don't have access to it. So I've not used it. But as I understand it, you you basically create different rooms, the equivalent of rooms. People can come in. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, they're teaching their courses. It's audio only. Um, There's other groups that are having conversations. Um, I know it really started up in kind of the, the venture community, they kind of seeded it and it's grown out. And yeah, so it's kind of, um, I don't know, Twitter, LinkedIn groups for audio. LinkedIn yes. groups for audio. That's what I would call it. it, it it's, it's interesting. I love to hear that mashup. Uh, Max, I love you're like, I'm in the dark. I have no clue. Doug, a quick question on that. Uh, Android or iPhone? iPhone. Okay, so it's just that you haven't gotten an invite yet because you are iPhone. By the way, if you're listening to this, watching this, and you're Android, you can't get access yet. They're working on it, but you can't get access. Uh, so maybe you do have FOMO because of the device. Although if you have an iPad, you can put it on iPad. Uh, so there's that, right? If you that have is FOMO it. That is it. And that Android? is it. Max is showing the 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 icon. It has gone bonkers. Over the last like month, month and a half to the top of like the top 12 in, in the iTunes uh, store, uh, there's a ton of people that are flooding to it. Um, it's by invite only. Um, and here's the thing. The reason I'm bringing it up is because people who do podcasts, it's a, a just a no brainer to actually have uh, content in there where if you love talking, if you're a speaker, if you work with companies who are trying to uh, get to the masses and they don't want to be on video and they want to do like audio value add situations, Clubhouse actually might be right 
for your agency and some of your clients. Clubhouse might be right for your agency or your company, depending on who you are as a listener. But here's the thing. I got on with my phone and uh, it was while we're on vacation and it was a fun ride. It was a fun ride. But then this amazing thing happened and I had to get back to work. And I would still get like the notifications on my phone and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not doing this. And I deleted the app. I lasted all of four days, people. Four days I lasted, and I'm like, I got to figure out a workaround because I want to be there, but I don't want to be there because I have to get work done. So so today, I set up a little area in my office that is the iPad that, it, that is just, just the clubhouse area that when I want to dive into clubhouse, I use my iPad, but it doesn't affect my phone, which by the way, yes, is my camera as well now. So I don't want that notifications going on. But I bring this up because Julie, Clubhouse is something that we should probably look into. Doug, Clubhouse, I will get you an invite. As soon as I have an invite, I will invite all three of you so that you can see what it is, taste it, smell it, whatever. That's my that's my uh, my sideways question. Julie, I'm, I'm curious, like, did you did you just look? Did had you heard uh, like because I know there's a lot of people that have zero clue. I've heard the the buzz in my world for a little bit. I don't have a ton of interest in it because synchronous audio communication is not on my radar as something I want in my life. Uh, I'm not sorry. No, I just like that. Just that kidney. <laughs> that was a very fancy um, way of. I don't want to talk to people. I'm right, you. right, right. I don't want to communicate with anybody. Here's the thing. I, I am by no means an extrovert. I am not a highly social person. Um, I I don't want that. I don't like to listen to people. Like my favorite podcasts and listening experiences are not people having a ton of discourse, right? It's people talking a little bit more casually. It's things that are fun. Um it's not really intense stuff. And I don't, I don't think I want that. Um, there, there is that on clubhouse, just so you know, there, there sure. is that on clubhouse. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, it's, it's something it's out there. I think it's um, it feels very niche to me. It's a niche audience, if not a niche subject matter on the platform. Like it's a certain type of person who wants that. And it doesn't surprise me, George, that you're more drawn to mm. it than I am because we function and communicate in very different ways. Without a doubt. Without I'd a doubt. much rather take that hour of my life where I can actively listen and have lunch with someone, even if it's virtually, than pop into something else. Yeah, Clubhouse. yeah. It's 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 a real thing. Like, I, I again, this is why I'm bringing it up because uh, talk about a struggle mentally and like wanting to do these things or these other things or now Clubhouse. And again, not needing another social platform. I will tell you one of the things that I do love about it is the ability to be a fly on the wall. Right. So like um, access to people mm-hmm. that you usually wouldn't get access to, like uh, 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 Damon Johns or what the FUBU guy. Right. Like he was on. And I could go to a room and I could listen to him and his buddies talk, which is like, where does that happen? Never. Don't have to get on stage. Don't have to speak. Can just sit and listen to a lot of these folks who are are giving away a lot of the information that might be in a paid course at this point. Because and, and what everybody on the platform is saying is it feels like the original Twitter. 
That's that's what people are saying as far as the movement of it and and what communication is being able to happen. But anyway, that's not why we're here. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, Doug, this oh, wow, I, you got this, my whole brain going in a direction. Wow. We're going to have to I'm going to have to wind myself back to our actual focus. So how long until marketers ruin Clubhouse? Is that the yeah. question? Is that the question <laughs> of the day? So, well, so here's the thing. You can already look on like Facebook uh, and LinkedIn and, and you, you hear or see, cause you can't hear Facebook, see uh, clubhouse. You can hear it's audio Facebook. You read anyway, but uh, could, there could be a video, but I, I digress. There are people saying that marketers are already ruining it. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but, but we, we do. Ruin I, I don't think you're going to have to leave this to just, to, to just marketers to ruin it. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> tell, me, tell, tell me why, tell me why Doug. <sighs> You know, you 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 talked about Damon John being on there and he's talking this and that. And I got to tell you, my first thought was I wouldn't trust a word that's being said there because the whole time I'm listening to him talk, I'm going to say, what what's the game here? What's the angle? Why why are they on there? Why are they doing this? Then not only that, you already I mean, you have a whole micro segmentation that we're just getting further and further blasted, that everyone's reality is distinctly different. You know, I'm not saying let's go back to when there were only three networks, but when there were only three networks, there was a there was a comment. I mean, all you got to do is look at what's happening in the world to see how, you know, we are a community, but we don't act like that. And then mm-hmm. the other piece is there's the thing that worries me about Clubhouse is I think it's it's Twitter on steroids for for Dunning Kruger wannabes. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's a great platform for con for 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 the con um, who. You know, the person that speaks with great confidence is oftentimes not the one that should have the confidence. And mm. and there's a whole there's a whole gaming of that for something. And where is where for lack of a better word, where's the peer review for expertise? What what someone says something, oh, that must be and, and look, that problem exists on Facebook, it exists on Twitter, it exists on LinkedIn. Though it is trackable, I can take a screenshot and I can share this was said. You know, Clubhouse, you're not supposed to be recording. Yeah. Um, there is no record. You yep. know, you know, the first thing that they say, it's never the crime, it's the cover-up. And the most important thing to do in the cover-up is never ever, if you've ever watched the Sopranos, you'll notice Tony never put anything in writing. Mm. Which which, by the way, there is no text in Clubhouse. It is audio only, right? So, so there is no there's it's it's it, there's a huge there there's a huge controversy where someone is saying that I, I forget who the star is, some celebrity said things on Clubhouse that that she said I never said that. There, this is this is the cancel culture doing X, and there's no record. Interesting, interesting. So I am still. I'm going to give you three invites. I I would love to circle. Yeah, no, back I want to. Che- I want to check it out. Yeah, I I would love to have a micro conversation with you, at least spending like a couple hours in it and seeing. Um, but yeah. but but if we don't yeah. talk about it here, right? I, I can't judge it because I haven't used it. Like in fairness, in fairness, I'm a I I haven't used it, so it's unfair for me to judge it at this point. Because I do know some people who I respect who have said there's some great things about it, and and it's actually opened up the opportunity for, for certain voices. But, um, so again, I, it's just, it, it's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Doug, how do you know? Well, well, first of all, I have to ask because I jacked this up a couple weeks ago. Am I the one that brought up the fact that you don't need lead scoring or did somebody else say that? How did that end up being one of our future titles 
that we I literally typed in a couple episodes ago. Yo, bro, you don't need lead scoring. It was it really Doug's fault this time because I this doesn't sound like something I would. No, say. yeah, that, that it could no, have been my fault. Was it your? It's fault? definitely something. It's definitely something that I would say. Okay. And I definitely say Same. something like like okay. that. I know you okay. agree with me. The, I know the trap I'm is so set. excited to the trap just blast lead scoring for the next 20 minutes. I, I, I love this because I'm ready. I this is I'm I'm hyped, right? And the trap is set. Doug, um, how do you know if somebody won the game? Um, Basketball, the game football, played, hockey. Let, let's go with just any sport. How do you know who, if they won who, the game? Who who scored who scored more when the game is over? Yeah. Who scored more points? You know that's the winner, right? Julie, would you agree that if if the team scores the most points, they're the winner? At the end that of the game. golf. Oh. Damn. But so, I would but say, it, you know when you... So the question you put in the show notes, George, was not about teams. It was not about teams. It was, how do you know when you've won the game? Oh, okay. And my okay. answer would be, you've achieved your desired outcome. Which is winning, right? Which is winning. Right. Which doesn't mean you've scored the most points. This could be true in some games. Okay. Okay. All right. I love where this is going. I love where this is going. Okay, here's lead scoring. Here's lead scoring. Atlanta Falcons, 28 to 3. Okay. Max knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you discussing sports games? We don't have cable here. Oh man! Well, this was that's several a, years ago when maybe you did have cable. That, that's I have not had cable in my adult but life. The the the, equi- the equivalent of lead scoring is the Atlanta Falcons were beating the New England Patriots twenty eight to three. Who won the game? Because it's who has the most points at the end of the game. Sure. Okay. I'm not. Wait, but, I'm not even. So I guess that. the Atlanta Falcons didn't win that game. Is no, that no, what no. you're telling me, no, guys? No. I do not know. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, the the Super Bowl. The people it's a small thing points. they call the Super Bowl. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, um, are we allowed to say that? All I know about the Super Bowl is you're not allowed to talk about it. It's like Fight Club. It's like it's like religion, politics, and the Super Bowl. Are those the three biggies? I don't. I have never heard this. No, like I you can't heard. use like Super Bowl in your marketing unless you're approved to use say Super Bowl. Hold on. Uh oh. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Mm. All right, go on. The, the fact that, that you had that ready. Oh my gosh. So much joy. I just I just bow Way down right now. I'm I'm bowing down. I will I will not make fun of Doug this episode due to the audio clip that he had prepared and ready to go. If I start to make fun of Doug during this episode, Max, Julie, you're allowed to like do whatever to remind me I'm not supposed to make fun of Doug during this episode. So let's be real. Let's get into the real real deal Holyfield here. I personally cannot imagine a world in which we do not have some type of system that we are scoring. I don't care if it's a lead, uh, a company, um, something to be able to get some type of visual reference to what is happening around what we are doing online. I'm going to throw that out there, then I'm going to be quiet and, and get why we would even go into a, yo, bro. You don't need lead scoring conversation. Well, so so I'll lead off because I'm not, I'm actually not anti lead scoring. I'm anti how most lead scoring is is conducted because it's mm-hmm. actually it, it uses criteria that have nothing to do 
with causation or probabilities. And as a matter of fact, we've begun to realize, let's be honest, what the most common scoring was, you know, how many downloads or how many downloads within a period of time. Mm. And we now know that when someone downloads 10 things at one time, that's actually a sign that they're not interested in, they're, they're not looking to buy anything, right? And I started seeing that, you know, early, right? Like one of our core things, we create an ideal client profile. We create a scoring rubric based on that profile. And, and so we score customers using lots of elements um, that, that relate to actions and non-actions. So um, the point when I said where, where I really make fun of lead scoring is someone says we need lead scoring. And, and what they told us is, well, our problem is we don't have enough leads, right? And, and so here's lead scoring when you don't have enough leads. You fit or you don't fit, right? You fit or you don't fit, right? That you fit or you don't, like if I don't have, if I don't have any leads, George, and you have, and you fit, and this other person doesn't fit, I'm sorry, this other, you know, this other person fits, but they're better. Well, why am I not working both of these, right? Lead scoring is designed to triage leads and it's a filter to filter out. So, so why are you going to filter out leads when your problem is you don't have enough leads? Where does lead scoring make a lot of sense? I know, I know companies that, that they cannot maintain the pace. And, and so, yeah, they have to take a look and, and work that highest cut. And that's where lead scoring does make sense. By the way, we, the lead, because we use our marketing automation systems to define a lead, is the person. And so the other problem with lead scoring is we score the person, we score the contact, when in fact the contact has nothing, fundamental flaw in inbound marketing, CMOs are our persona. So we scored a, a, a CMO at the wrong company higher than we scored a VP of sales at the right company. Don't score yeah. or qualify. All scoring is a version of qualifying. Don't qualify the contact, qualify the company. I, I think there's a So I'm not anti-scoring. <clears throat> yeah. It's what job are you using the scoring for? Y yes, yes. Okay, so I'm going to be quiet. Mm -hmm. uh, Julie or Max, g give me your lowdown on uh, scoring. I get hot about scoring because of the situation Doug just described, but also because it's been sold to people as this is the thing you need to do to be successful. Like you need lead scoring. It's the be all end all of everything. And it's often not building a really good lead scoring model is difficult. It's challenging and it should be if you're introducing that level of automation for prioritization of a big bucket of leads or companies if you can figure out how to measure it at the company level and you can. It shouldn't be easy. You should have to consider a lot of things. It should be a big cross-functional exercise. You should be doing data deep dives to do it right. And most people are like, oh, well, they visited our website three times. They're a pretty good lead. No, I don't care. What I love, Doug, is that you introduced this concept of scoring based on ICP in a rubric, which I like so much better than just a straight score. Well, I might not be well-versed in sports games as I have now outed myself <laughs> at the beginning of this call um, and this, this episode. Um, I am well-versed in the area of competitive marching arts. Did you know? That's a little thing in my life. Um, in addition to competing if, with marching If I could have George's face at the so moment good. that you said that, I, so I would, good. my life would be complete. I have both competed and taught um, marching bands and uh, competed in, in drum corps over my years because I am 
peak nerd. Um, wow. But what you learn is that your scoring is based on a rubric. And based on that rubric, there are different ways to achieve your ultimate score and things kind of get weighted and put together. And, you know, it's, it's this really comprehensive method of adjudication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that, I think, if people dug into their life um, and into their work life in terms of how they prioritize and score, would be so much better than a positive negative attribute model. <clears throat> it just makes so much more sense to me. And then you can say, like, these two leads maybe have the same score, but this company is like box four straight down the line. This company has four box fives and a box three. And if you're a marching band person or like a marching arts person, you know, box five is where you want to be, right? A box five score is great. Um, I didn't know I there was the a fifth box. I the fives probably matter box. more. Yeah. It's a whole thing. y'all. It's, this is a whole world. Um, but I, I just like the idea of splitting it out and making it multi-dimensional. So I'll, I'll share with you on top of that, what the, what the rubric does is the score progresses. So, you know, initially it's a set of criteria and then as it moves through the journey, more criteria get at it. And so the scoring moves forward. Um, then what we ultimately do through analysis is we identify what's the, what's the, what's the high score um, that says, okay, this is, you know, full on, we're all in, all hands on deck, whatever we have to do. Um, what's the minimal score? And what we've also found is, we found the opposite, and it, I think it all depends on how you do it. There's a, there's a scoring component, what's the total score, with a certain number not below. So like, like for us, I think we ultimately get to like 11 criteria that we score on. And, and by the end, if three criteria are below a three, so we score on a negative one to five is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if three, if we have three below three, then that is major red flag, you know, unless there's an exception, not a fit, right? Because we found score is good. Um, and it's so like we have a whole bunch of fives, a one, a three, and a two. Those three, you know, one to three and a two, that adds up to, okay, there's something here that's got a, um, and, and, it, and it allows us to take a look at resource allocation, approach, um, comparing things that don't look the same, et cetera. So, yeah, that's how we do it. Max. Love that. Yeah, See, I box that. five. Everybody just wants uh, to be in box I, five. I, I didn't know there was a fifth I have box. A question. I'm going to have I have a question for out. Doug about that. Now, Doug, do you, do you take that system and then, like, you build it inside a HubSpot using those, like, scoring properties? We do now, yes. Do you have like other properties that then like look at what's going on with those scoring properties and then like change based on that? Yeah. Mm, okay, cool. I love that. Yeah. So like, whenever I, and I'll. I'll, I'll uh, by the way, as a as a rep is adding information or as marketing is getting information, those scores will update based upon. Yeah, love that. Yeah. So that so the the big thing that like I would always tell people. And first, I I agree with like literally everything everyone said, because lead scoring was one of those conversations that I used to have with people setting up HubSpot that would always like kind of make my blood boil because like 90% of the time they were talking about that before they even had any sort of content strategy in place or before they were even getting leads like they heard lead scoring and they're like, we must do lead scoring because we're marketers and we have access to it now and we must score our leads and I would always just start with why. 
do you know what that's going to give you? Right. Because if you think about like in the most literal sense, when you set up lead scoring, what's it going to do in HubSpot? It's going to give you a little field with a number on it. Right. So the question you always have to ask is like, okay, what, who's going to use that number? Who's looking at that number? And what story is that number going to tell? Right. And what sort of action are you going to take because of that number? Because that's like, you know, usually maybe marketers would create the lead scoring criteria, right? And then maybe a salesperson would see that number on a contact record or a company record or however. Yeah. So, so hold on. I want to, I want to hit on that because that gets to the motivations to why everyone's looking for lead scoring. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're not saying, how do I build my lead scoring mechanism? They're saying, give me lead scoring. By the way, it's built on the base lie of inbound, the number one inbound Ah. lie, which is someone downloads your, someone down because someone downloads, they want to buy. And so what they're asking for on, on lead scoring is give me the lead scoring mechanism. So it tells me who's ready to buy. So I, I agree with, I agree with that, that, which is I not agree with that. No, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Right. Because it's just because someone did something, does it tell you that they wanted to buy? No, it's just telling you that they engaged in some way. Right. So like how much weight are you going to put into that? Right. So I think like, I think when, when you like have these numbers, you have to tell your, like whoever's looking at it. Right. Cause again, you could, marketers could use the lead score number. Salespeople could use the lead score number. There's a million different ways you can chop it up. And depending on how your content strategy is and, and what you already know about how people interact with it and the likelihood they are to buy when they download certain stuff, like that's going to be different for everybody. The, the big thing that I would always say with the, with like the actual criteria you're putting together as well is make sure the things that are affecting the, the positive or negative attributes are so what I'm looking for here, uh, positive or negative, not necessarily. So yeah, positive or negative, totally. But it's measuring the same thing, right? So here's where I would see a lot of people slip up, right? They'd come to me with a huge spreadsheet saying, here's all the different things we want to do that are going to plus or minus a certain amount of points, right? If they have CEO in the job title, plus 10 points. If they have visited this like certain blog post, plus 15 points, right? or let's say plus 10 points. So if someone looks at that number and it's 10 points, well, they don't know what actually affected that. Was it some sort of action someone took or was it because they were some sort of good fit or, you know, whatever that, whatever that, that criteria was set. So what I would always tell people to do, at least before they came out with the multiple kind of scoring properties thing is I'd say like, Hey, whatever you think the positive actions that someone can take on your website, right? Have that be the things that either plus or minus your lead score and kind of treat it as like an engagement level. How engaged is someone with your stuff in terms of, are they a good fit or not run some workflows that say, if they have this these words in their job title, if their company is in this industry, if blah, blah, blah equals blah, 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 have a property just called fit and have it be good fit, great fit, bad fit, poor fit, whatever, and set up some workflows that just change that label. Yeah. So what you can do now as a sales rep is you immediately can say, all right, filter all of my good fit leads and then sort them by engagement level 
and then start at the top and work your way down or something along those lines. But that way, when you look at that number, you know, oh, that's just telling me how engaged someone is, right? So I know that, but the other thing too is like sales reps also need to know what's a high number, what's a low number. They probably weren't there with you when you set up the criteria, right? So it involves a lot of communication. It doesn't tell you that. It doesn't tell you that. It doesn't tell you their engagement level. It tells you how many times they downloaded something or how many times they looked at something. It doesn't mm. tell you their engagement level because but it that's what I'm talking. That's just what I mean by engagement. Like how many no, times I, they've I, done I, something. I, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I, I understand. Yeah. But but the 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 point of it, it. I mean, Julie said it best. It got it got sold to them as this magic pill, right? And they never stopped and thought about what's the job to be done. I mean, if mm. you want to measure someone's engagement. You got to measure time. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, someone who downloads 15 things is not more engaged than someone who watched one 40 minute video. Now they may be more engaged. They may like, so that you're not really, I mean, yeah. I, I'll challenge anybody to, to look at it. And, and even the people who created, I mean, Volpe's agreed with Volpe's come out and said it, Robert's has come out and said it, that, that the manual lead scoring method was a mistake. Yeah, it, but you got to you have to be able to look at those things that constitute someone actually being engaged somehow and have those be the mechanisms that actually affect whatever your scoring criteria is. You know. So yeah, I agree. Like just cuz I download something doesn't mean I should get a ton of points because yeah, maybe I downloaded something realized it totally wasn't for me and I'm never going to go back to that site again. So Yeah, then that doesn't tell right. you shit. So so here's the deal. So so here's the deal. I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I disagree with some of what you're saying. Um, here, here's where I'm going to go with this. Uh, is lead scoring the end-all, be-all, meaning is lead scoring the finish line? No. Lead scoring is just the tip of the iceberg of what needs to happen to actually ac- accumulate what would make success of scoring in general. And, and it's funny because you guys have actually said words – Along the way that I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Like, so Doug, are most people uh, paying attention to time with their scoring? No. Should they? Yes. Is engagement what score is about? Actually, yes. But no, hang on a second. Hang on a second. But it's only a piece of the puzzle because there's there's informationally qualified, right? So Max, you were like, well, we're going to score this blog post. No, the blog post is actually informationally qualified. How many pages have they viewed? Um, how many sessions did it take them to view those pages? That's how informed are they on what we do and, and how we solve the problems that we solve. That's informationally qualified. Score lined up with informationally qualified or engagement and, and informed together. Now we're getting somewhere. And if we take both of those pillars and put them against time in that it took them to do those things, now we're getting that that rubrics or matrix of things that actually make sense. Now, here's where I want to go, though, because, again, this this was like, yo, bro, you don't need lead scoring. We got to circle back around to that. I'll never forget because I before, you know, the world changed. I love going to doing workshops. I love going and doing workshops. One of the things that we teach during workshops is literally lead scoring. And I'll never forget, we're sitting there. We got the big screen up. Somebody's sharing their HubSpot portal. And we we dump into HubSpot score. And this, uh, John Smith will say, um, score of 5,052. And I stopped and I said, what does that mean? Room full of marketers, room sales folks. What does that mean? 
That is exactly what I got. Silence. <laughs> Nobody knew what 5,052 meant. And so that's another part of this rubric is you have to have a system in which if these things align. Was anybody to in the same set, company? Yeah, oh, yeah. Same company. Nobody knew what the score meant. Okay. And, and so, okay. right. So, so this is uh, uh, the, that was the beginning of a, pre, uh, uh, a moment in time that led me to build an entire system called Radar Research Revenue. I'm not going to talk about it here on the podcast, but literally the understanding of what you should be doing in any given amount of time and what internal and external communication should be happening based on four pillars, persona, information, engagement, and time, this rubrics. Now you have true scoring and take into what we've talked about earlier. You start at the company level. If that passes, now we're into the persona level. If that passes, now we look at the actual pillars. Now we're getting somewhere. And you know, because of said thing is yes and yes and yes. Now here's what it means. I love it. Disagree. I disagree. Talk, talk, talk to me. Where, where does your mind go? So, so what if I've got, what if I've got the, what if I've got the wrong person at the right company? Your system weeds them out. Every lead scoring system that like this weeds them out. They're the wrong person. No. How are they the wrong person? How how does it not weed it out? How are they the wrong person? Uh, are my, they the researcher? Are they the researcher? I'm, I'm selling to marketing and they're they're finance. Yeah, that's the persona pillar. I know I know who you are. You're the researcher. Yeah, so they don't fit. You're the sales. Or, no. But here's the thing. You're thinking of buy. You don't know who I am. You're, you're thinking of buy. I'm thinking of conversation. I know that I have a specific person that fits four out of seven metrics that I want to have a conversation with and now be able to bring in the decision maker. They're not the wrong fit. They're just the right stepping stone to get to where we have to go. And it was that score. So then I don't understand that, what like, you're saying. If you're, hold on, hold on. If you're scoring persona and the person who's doing something is not of that persona, then how is that not a non-fit? They're not the desired persona, but they are one of the personas that we'll work with. For instance, if- No, if they're not one of the personas because I don't it, sell to finance. No, 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 no. They're not part of my market. Finance but, is not a persona. It's not a but you would persona. immediately know that that's not a good fit, but you can still look at the company score and see, no. should we be digging what? here? Should oh, so, we be digging? So, okay, hold on. So we just simplified the we just simplified your rubric that the persona doesn't matter the company matters. No, because that's I where I want to begin my conversation. Because I'm going to begin my conversation if I've got somebody at the right company that wants to have a conversation or appears to want to have a conversation, I'm going to have a conversation with them. So I don't really need to score persona because if they're because you just said if they're if it's the right company at and and yeah okay so they're not they're the researcher they're this they're the that. Because I agree with you. I talked to finance and I learned what, what brought them there. They might lead me. I mean, I can't tell you how many, and I'm not suggesting you start at the receptionist, but I can't tell you how many receptionists I've won sales from where that's where it started. Right. And they, they mapped out who, what, and where. Okay. And, and, and so again, what, what I'm saying is that, that um, are you, I, I'm not against scoring and, and, and you could call it lead scoring. You could call it a company rubric. You could call it in any of these things. But, but it all has to be built upon a path that, and I know you agree with this part of it, it's all got to be built upon a path that, that aligns with, I mean, to, you know, what's the job being done? I think the challenge I have is, is similar to what you're getting at, Doug, is so many organizations can't sit down and say, 
the ideal fit blank that we want sales to prioritize is this. Mm. The way we talk about personas is that the our ICP is blank or our blank, right? If you can't do those fundamental things, right, and you haven't done the exercises that you need to do to build that foundation, any type of scoring will be premature and will end up potentially hurting more than it helps. And I actually just clarified on, on, on something where, where I think maybe companies that do lead scoring really well get this. And this is what lead scoring is. Lead scoring is an exclusion tactic. The only thing lead scoring is, is it, is it takes stuff out. It does not mm. put stuff in. The problem is we're looking at score. People are looking for scoring to tell me who's right. What scoring does mm. is it tells you who is not right. I, I won't disagree with that. Because everything after that requires more than that. What? I think it does And as both. long as you're using it, and, and that's why I say, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think it doesn't. After both. you start talking, there are there are other scoring. The scoring does both. But lead scoring as lead scoring, which is before any conversation, is a weed out mechanism. That's what it, and that's why I say, if you don't have, if your problem is you don't have enough leads and you want to score, you're, you want to take a tactic design to separate the wheat from the chaff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, who cares? Talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if so, you're if you're if you're not if if you're if you're struggling to get leads, there's no sense in even having the conversation about scoring them because you need to talk to all of them anyway, right? Yeah, but not, it's like when you're overwhelmed with the amount of leads that you have, and you're saying, "Who should I be prioritizing?" Here, I feel like that's where it makes more sense. Here, here's yes. the other danger. You give something a score and and whoever gets it is now going to believe that's their score. Right? And and you know they 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 and maybe took you a don't class and maybe you don't follow up with it and maybe they were well, great. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You go, oh, this is low score. And yep. even if you do follow up, but then you're just like, oh, this is a waste. And so I go in thinking, oh, this is this is low. So for for example, right? Maybe someone comes to your site because a friend told you told them about you. And they already came to your site with the intention to buy. They don't touch any of your content and they just fill out your talk to sales form or something like that, right? Maybe when that sales rep is looking at their leads and they say, all right, show me everyone who wanted to talk to sales. And then I'm only going to prioritize the people at the top that looked at my blog a whole bunch. Well, you're missing the dude with a zero lead score <laughs> that, that came there because he was already ready to buy and he didn't need to read any of your shit to do it. Right. Well, so, yeah. except, except or the executive the assistant who was charged by the CEO who knows what you're doing and says, call these people up, let them know I want to get a proposal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So why well, everyone's gonna literally... know what is what it's actually telling you. Yeah. Like I, I have to I have to share this chunk of life, George. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> I have so part of the HubSpot Salesforce integration, if you're not familiar, is yeah, a visual force page that shows you a little like iframe we'll call it of hubspot in salesforce and part of that visual force page is the property hubspot score and it's real big on that little portion of your salesforce um, contact record or lead record i had a client who rebuilt a lead scoring model because they needed to have a lead score it was a requirement from their boss to score leads and we didn't use hubspot score anymore that official property we used a different additional scoring property, but you can't change that in Salesforce. It still shows HubSpot score. She quite literally called me one day and said, we need to change HubSpot score, the property 
because that's all my reps are looking at. And they're saying all the leads I pass them are too low score to follow up with. We just need to set up HubScot score. So it sets this specific set of people above a 90. Where's the value in that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I want. Here's what I want to go. I want to go rapid fire for the last couple minutes of this uh, because we could go on forever. The, the episode was, yo, bro. You don't need lead scoring, right? So we're just going to go rapid fire and we're going to name out of what we've talked about some of the reasons why you might not need lead scoring. Because I do believe that companies do need or could leverage lead scoring. And this boils down to the what we've talked about in so many episodes. Do they need bad lead scoring? <laughs> no. Do they need good lead scoring? Possibly. So so here's the, here, I'll I'll start this. Um, if you're only getting five leads a month, yo, bro, you don't need lead scoring. If you don't know what causes a sale, yo, bro, you don't need lead scoring. Or sis, by the way, for the record. I prefer ma'am. Ma'am. Oh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of like how to end this with you don't need lead scoring. But I think the big thing I would say is like, if that number really better be worth something and help you do your job better. If you're going to go through the time and effort it takes to set it up in a thoughtful way. If not a girl, hey, you don't need lead scoring. If you don't have the time. Level of hey girl, hey, hey, girl, hey. Kill it into the house. Yeah. Um, if you want a high return on effort of your marketing automation, you don't need lead scoring. So if you don't take time to educate your sales team and everybody else on what the score actually means, yeah, you don't need lead scoring. You got way too many leads and you don't know what to do with them. And maybe your sales rep could use a, a little bit of prioritization. Maybe you need lead score. There's I a time and a place. It's not everyone's time and place. That Yeah, honestly, like my whole stance on it is like, eh, eh maybe. See, I, I will say, as we kind of close out, lead scoring, company score, engagement, information, persona, time, like this, these are places that I love to nerd out, love to nerd out. The education of teams across the board to understand what that actually means and creating a matrix or a rubrics, man, I love to nerd out on this. Have I heard some things that you guys said today that I am like, oh, ouch. Yes, but have I heard some things that I have absolutely fallen in love with and make me push my brain to the next level of what people could be doing? Absolutely. As I'm, contractually up, oh. required, I'm contractually required to say this, oh. George, because uh -oh. I agree with what uh -oh. you said, basically, but but Why you have to make but? sure the juice is worth the squeeze. Uh, Doug, Doug, here's the thing. I'm not allowed to make fun of you during this episode, so that's why you're getting away with the orange juice uh, metaphor. By by the way, since we're on metaphors, I do. I, I, I can't. Juice, I, 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 I can't. I can't juice and squeeze. It's orange juice. If there's no. Do you squeeze an apple? I, I've never squeezed an apple to get apple juice. Yeah, if you make an apple cider I mean, donuts. Oh, apple cider donut. Like you um, apple, what do you, how do you, how do you think apple juice or apple cider gets made, George? You think it just like? Well, it. I can't squeeze it. I squeeze an orange. You press orange it, juice. which is like a type of no. squeeze. Okay. Yeah, it's like I a guess. super squeeze. We totally went like sideways. Wait, do you, do see you how press they do it or cider? does it get mashed up and then you strain it? Well, I, I think you could do it either. 
I guess it's squeezing at the end of the day. Like, I mean, New New England friend, did you ever go to like an apple cider making facility when you were in grade school and watch this? Yeah, 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 I go to Goodale Orchard all the time. Right, and then you got your fresh unpasteurized apple cider that hurt your little kid belly. They like they like mill it though. They crush it. They make a slurry, but it's just, I mean, they are squeezing the juice out of it, I guess. Oh. Uh, I'm here for it. That's I the like next it. episode. This is your yeah. fault. How, how, is apple, how is apple cider made? Doug, this is your fault right now. I'm just going to say. You, you need to tip your bartenders. Yeah, tip your tip your bartenders. Remember, hit us up on uh, Twitter, at RealJulieD, Max Jacob Cohen, at Doug Davidoff. I'm at George B. Thomas. Remember to use the hashtags, uh, the spot, hashtag the spot podcast, hashtag whatever uh let us know if you enjoyed this episode and of course we'll see you in the next episode